0: Listener Supported, WNYC Studios.
1: I'm Jamie Floyd, host of All Things Considered at WNYC. You're listening to Politics Brief, a collection of our very best coverage of the 2018 midterm elections. We'll share the sharpest and most timely talk, analysis, and original reporting from shows like The Takeaway, The Brian Lehrer Show, On the Media, and Radio Lab Presents More Perfect and from the WNYC Newsroom, which is watching key races in New York and New Jersey. Enjoy.
2: Brian Lehrer on WNYC. So what comes now after the New York primary? For one thing, even though six of the eight members of the former Independent Democratic Conference lost their seats to more loyal Democrats, that does not mean much is necessarily going to change in the legislature, and we'll get to why in a moment. In fact, Senator Jeff Klein, the leader of the IDC, has not yet spoken publicly about what he plans to do for the general election. Last report I saw, he did not concede to Alessandra Biagi, who seems to have won, who handily won the Democratic primary, there's been some indication from Klein supporters on Facebook and Twitter that he might even be on the ballot on another line, not Democrat, not Republican, in November. So we will talk about the implications of that. At the same time, the turnout for this primary was relatively high, which means not terrible, with some areas seeing higher turnout than on the presidential primary in 2016 where things were hot, but overall still about 23% turnout, which in terms of what a democracy could be is pretty pathetic. So we have two guests now. One of them will talk about how New York's voting system needs a lot of work to help more people get to the polls, something reformers hope the new state Senate takes up in the next session and that Governor Cuomo already supports. Uh, and we'll talk about what comes next politically post-primary. So let's talk about all this with Susan Lerner, Executive Director of the Watchdog and Good Government Group, Common Cause New York, and Gloria Pasmino, Political Reporter for Politico New York. Hi, Susan. Hi, Gloria. Welcome back to WNYC.
3: Hi, Brian. Hi. Glad to be here, Brian.
2: Uh, so, Gloria, I'm going to start with a clip from a very Lively, shall we say, press conference Mm -hmm. that Governor Cuomo had on Friday after the primary. We remember that he did not come out on Thursday night. That's right. When Cynthia Nixon gave a very spirited concession speech, he did not come out and say anything. He just stayed home. Um, But in this news conference on Friday, he was very direct in dumping lots of cold water on the anti IDC coalition six wins in the Senate.
0: Last night was essentially. Meaningless from an ultimate consequence point of view because the Democrats are still not in the majority, right? This was all rearranging deck chairs, uh, but we're not in the majority. And Simkefelder won again, which means nothing changed. The personalities changed, but nothing changed. The Democrats are not in the majority.
2: Rearranging deck chairs, but not necessarily on the Titanic, Gloria. This time, maybe (laughs) on a ship that will float and prevail. But the governor is right as far as that quote goes. These were Democrat versus Democrat primaries. They have to flip some Senate Republican seats Mm -hmm. in order to get that majority and make it actionable on policy, right? That's
4: right. And I, I love that rearranging of the deck chairs line because. He's not wrong, despite uh, this bizarre press conference that he had the next day where he kept saying, I haven't looked at the numbers, but here are all, all of the strong ways in which we, in which, in which I won. Um, he's not wrong. The Democrats are still not in the majority. In order for this to really take hold and this so-called blue wave to really wash over the state capitol, they really need to flip some rep- Republican seats uh, in the general election. There's a couple that could be flipped, a handful in Long Island and parts of upstate New York, so it, he's he the governor isn't wrong in the systems, and as, as long as they have the Simka Felder factor uh, still alive and well in the legislature, the Democrats are not going to be able to hit that thirty two magic number in order to really hold the, the majority.
2: Simcha Felder, another Democrat who is not with the IDC group, but who right. still caucuses with the Republicans, and what about this Jeff Klein? speculation. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I've heard it since Thursday night, though it really doesn't seem to have broken through as a big story anywhere. Uh, May he run as a third-party candidate and try to keep his seat in Riverdale and Westchester?
4: We haven't heard from Jeff Klein, and much like Cuomo, he also did not make a statement, uh, a public statement on on election night. Um, This is a possibility, I think the answer, the question remains open right now. We haven't heard from him directly, but it's still a possibility that Jeff Klein, as well as some of these other candidates who were beat on primary night, could still run on a different ballot line. As we know, uh, the state's convoluted, arcane, and complicated election laws allow for this to happen. Jeff Klein could run on another uh, party line. Some of them, some of the other uh, incumbents who were defeated last week, have other party lines some of them have all of the party lines the women's equality line the independent line the reform party line and they can still run Um, I haven't heard from from Jeff Klein the only two uh, IDC members who have said they will not seek uh, re-election in the general are uh, Jose Peralta in Queens and uh, Marisol Alcantara in Norton Manhattan the everyone else has sort of uh, been quiet about it
2: So you mentioned New York's arcane election (laughs) laws. Cue Susan Lerner (laughs) from Common Cause. You came out of this primary focus not so much on which candidates won and which candidates lost as more evidence that New York's voting system is behind the times. Right? Absolutely.
3: And remember, Brian, we still have a general election. So and the legislature is not in session. So it's cute of the governor to say, oh, nothing has changed, but nothing is going on other than the election. And New York's election laws, unfortunately, make it unusually difficult for eligible voters to actually get to the polls and cast a ballot that will count Uh, We are part of the National Election Protection System across the country. The 1-866-OUR-VOTE hotline was live on Thursday. We at Common Cause received direct complaints from people by email, by text, uh, because we texted over 200,000 young voters to remind them about the primary on Thursday. So they then turned around and told us about problems that they were having. It was extremely disappointing to see such a large number of people reporting that they got to their polling place And they weren't on the rolls, even though they have voted in the past. Disappointing to us because we thought we'd taken a strong step to solve that problem. But, you know, just having a Thursday primary kerfuffled people. When we sent out an email to the Common Cause list, fairly well-informed people on the whole, Mm -hmm. and said, we're gearing up for a Thursday primary, people emailed us back and said, wait, 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 there's a typo. We don't have elections on Thursday in the United States. We have elections on Tuesday. We are the only state in the Union that cannot get its act together to hold one primary for congressional seats and our state legislature. So the public just got hit with a minimum $25 million bill for having two primaries. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are the people who didn't realize that they had to change their party registration by October, Friday, October 13th of 2017, thought they changed their party registration in January, February, March, got the, the polling place, and was told, wonderful, you're a Reform Party voter which was a surprise to them.
2: Right, and that's one of the things that we've talked about before on this show that seems to be an incumbent protection plan or a voter suppression plan within New York state law with respect to primaries. If you're in one party, or not in any party maybe, and and you want to change and register in another party so you can vote in a primary, you have to do that roughly a year in advance.
3: Correct, and the deadline coming up for people who do want to switch their primary, their party registration is going to be this October, so pay attention. But you know what we're seeing is a situation that really underlines the need for some very common sense election reforms. If we had early voting, People who have problems with their registration would have gone to the polls in advance. They would have found out, oh, I'm mysteriously removed. They would have been able to solve the problem and cast a regular ballot if we had same-day registration. And, of course, if we had automatic voter registration, I hope that we would have many fewer of these registration problems than we see not only in New York City but also in other locations. Oh, and don't forget, the people who are disenfranchised upstate because (laughs) the polling place. Places on primary day open at noon, and we were getting outraged calls from people who were disenfranchised because they had work requirements that took them uh, a far distance, and there was no way they were getting back to the polls. They were standing outside the polling closed polling place at 10 in the morning wanting to cast their ballot, and it was closed.
2: Why is that, and who makes that decision? The polls open in New York City at 6 a.m., so people who want to vote before work can do that. The polls in some parts of upstate don't open until noon, as you
3: say. Why
2: is that and who makes that decision?
3: Oh, it's the legislature, like virtually everything else in our election laws. The people who've won an election and don't want to see anything about the system change because they're not sure how the, syst- how the change would affect them. So you basically have the political parties and the incumbents against the voters. The voters want these changes. We're hearing from people across the state. And there's been a tremendous amount of press attention, editorializing, uh, and just plain activity. And yet, somehow or other, our legislature in its current configuration can't get it done.
1: You're listening to the Politics Brief Podcast. We'll be back after a quick break.
3: Hi, I'm
0: Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz, to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be
2: sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We can take some calls on the races going forward after the primary, because that, after all, was only the primary for Gloria Pasmino, political reporter for Politico New York, or on the election system in New York State. Were you disenfranchised in any way on Thursday? Tell us your story or anyone else with a comment or a question. 212-433-WNYC, 212 433 9692, and let's take a call. Yehudit in Brooklyn. You're on WNYC. Hello, Yehudit.
3: Hello, Brian. Um, my, I'm from, shame to say I'm from Simca Felder's district, and I'm a progressive Jew, and um, my son was actually working for the Blake Morris campaign, and the Democratic Party, not is, at, is totally complicit in Simpson Felder's re-election, and so is the Working Families Party, actually. The Democratic Party wouldn't even give the campaign any names. They, they had to pay. The Morris campaign had to pay for any names they got from the Democratic Party, and there was nothing done. The Democrat, they, the party people, committee people, told, Blake, why are you doing this? You're making trouble for us, and we're strongly against him running. So they're absolutely complicit.
2: I'm I'm glad you pointed this out, and let's get a a thought from Gloria Pasmino from Politico. You know, this also came up for me um, last week when the scandal around that fake uh, uh, accusation against Cynthia Nixon Mm -hmm. of being anti-Semitic the mailer that contained that came up because the mailer was sent by the New York State Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of the um, Bernie Sanders-Hillary Clinton race where the big scandal that got revealed in the emails that were leaked by WikiLeaks as part of the Russian hack Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. that the Democratic Party nationally was putting their thumb on the scale for Clinton, not acting as a neutral arbiter over their party's primary candidates. So we see in the Blake Morris case against Simca Felder that the caller's talking about, and we see in the fake mailer case um, that that's the case in New York State, too.
4: That's right. And, well, we have to remember who is at the helm of the party. Andrew Cuomo is in charge of the New York State Democratic Committee. He runs the party. He fundraises for the party. He gets to move that money around and decide what to do with it. So, all these arguments that, you know, I didn't see the back of the mailer or I didn't proofread or the person who was proofreading wasn't proofreading close enough, those are all really hard to believe. And I would argue that Senator uh, Felder Race was one of the, we got, a, there was a lot of press attention on all of these um, insurgent candidates but i would argue that the felderrais mostly flew under the radar and there's a reason for that that is a very very um entrenched uh kind of voting block if you will insular i would insular. say insular that's a even uh, that's the that's the right word he has a lot of support and his supporters are willing to vote for him almost in, no matter what. Let's remember that that district went um, a lot of Trump supporters. So when you go into that district and talk to voters about, hey, we have a Democrat who's sitting with Republicans, they might turn to you and say, well, I don't really have a problem with right. that because I like but Republicans. On, right.
2: And on the other hand, you know, we could just say the Simka-Felder race was different from the IDC Democrats Uh, who mostly got defeated, Mm -hmm. because Simka Felder, unlike those IDC Democrats, even with everything about him known in the district, is popular in the district. He is actually representing his constituents, as far as we could tell, in that case. Once people in northern Manhattan got wind that Marisol Alcantara was coxing with the Republicans or that Jeff Klein in the Bronx, you know, these are different situations than with Simca Felder.
4: Yeah, and I think the party as a whole, the Democratic Party in the state, recognizes the viability of a challenger versus another. They can see that, as you said, they can see that in a district like Senator Felder's, where there is this very insular, uh, orthodox, Jewish, loyal voting bloc, it's going to be much, much harder to take him out than in a district where you have uh, younger voters, or new voters, or people who are willing to make a change or 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 change their allegiance.
2: Richard on the Upper West Side was a poll worker on Thursday. Let's see what he has to report. <laughs> Hi, Richard, you're on WNYC.
0: Good morning. Um, I was a poll worker this past Thursday, on the Upper West Side at 109th Street. Uh-huh. And And we had an incredible number of people who had to get affidavit ballots because their names were not on the voter lists. There are 12 electoral districts in the gymnasium where I was working and it just was person after person wasn't on the list.
2: And have you been a poll worker before and was it any more than you, pardon me?
0: This is my first time at a primary. I was there last um, at the general election uh, for non-presidential in 2017,
3: and we did not have that problem that day.
2: Richard, thank you very much for your call. And And Susan Lerner from Common Cause, you've heard a lot of this?
3: I have heard a lot of this, and we're very concerned about it because, as I said, we did have a lawsuit against the board to try and prevent these kinds of problems. So I would like to ask Richard and any other listeners who have run into this problem of going to your polling place last Thursday and not being on the books or finding, as we're hearing from people, that your party registration was switched, if you can email us at Common Cause, Office at Cause commoncause.org so we can uh, gather the facts and get to the bottom of what the hell happened here.
4: I mean, we even saw Mayor Bill de Blasio's son, Dante de Blasio, apparently having difficulty show, uh, casting his ballot. What? I what happened to him? I believe he was his name wasn't on on the rolls and he had to file an affidavit uh, ballot. And of course, the mayor um, you know, made a whole issue of it as he should. But I mean it it just it's so incredibly hard to vote in new york imagine i i heard from a a, a good friend of mine who's lived in the same neighborhood most of her life grew up there was raised there it's where she's registered to vote showed up to the polling place where she's voted before and was not in the books i mean this is people magically fall off the 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 rolls all the time
2: and i was in the This is just an anecdote, but I was in the company of a 26-year-old Manhattanite over the weekend (laughs) who told me that he had moved from the east side to the west side. He had changed his address with the Board of Elections. But when he got to his new West Side polling place, he was not listed. Mm-hmm. So he went back to his old East Side polling place and he was not listed. So they had succeeded in removing him from his old polling place at his request, but they had not placed him in the new right. one.
3: Exactly. And we saw that uh, problem in Dutchess County where there was a fight between the Republican and the Democratic election commissioner as to whether change of address uh, notifications from the DMV were sufficient. And for a year, those changes, change of address forms just piled up Mm -hmm. and were not entered into the voter rolls. Now, for people moving within the county, not so much of a problem. But if you were coming from outside of Dutchess County, Mm -hmm. the DMV and the state board had notified your prior county that you had moved. And so you weren't registered anywhere so we've got to get to the bottom of this automatic voter registration same-day registration Mm -hmm. early voting can address these problems
2: another poll watcher poll worker Matt in Harlem you're on WNYC hi Matt
0: hi I worked for the first time uh, at in Washington Heights 168th Street poll on Thursday and I was just truly appalled um, basically on all fronts. Uh, it's a, a big Dominican neighborhood, and a lot of times Dominican people will have two last names, and a lot of people were listed twice under both last names, uh, and then other people weren't listed at all, and they said I've lived in this neighborhood my whole life, you know, how come I'm not on here? Or they were uh, had their party switched, and so they had to get a Reform Party ballot instead of a Democratic ballot. Uh, furthermore, an actual poll watcher who was there, who I guess had been working at this poll forever, uh, was going over and helping people to vote, uh, and, which is totally illegal. And uh, when I called it to the supervisor's attention, she said, "Oh, you know, she's worked here for a long time, and <laughs> and and so uh, uh, you know." And I I don't want to say. You know, she didn't take it as seriously as she should because I stepped in and I made it as serious as I should. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, if you keep doing this, I'm going to tell that police officer and he's going to arrest you. Uh, we had electioneering within 100 feet. Uh, people kept coming in with flyers. Uh, it, it was it was total mayhem. And then at the end of the night, after, you know, these people have been there for, what was it, like 17 hours? Yeah. Because uh, you come in at 5 a.m. and you leave or the polls close at 9 but supposedly you don't leave until 10. Well, one of the machines broke. That's, that spits out the whole tally. And we were there till nearly 11. Mm. And everyone was dead on their feet. It was total chaos.
2: That is quite a day and quite a, seri- a collection of stories. Matt, thank you very much. Susan Lerner so, from Common Cause.
3: One thing that I want to point out, Matt, thank you for calling, is that even if people were being told, now you're in the Reform Party and or you're not, uh, a, no longer a registered Dem, and you have to vote Reform, the voter does not have to put up with that. Those people can cast an affidavit ballot. Mm-hmm and they can try and fix the problem. And not enough people know uh, that they are, by law, entitled to an affidavit ballot. And too frequently poll workers tell people, you don't have any choice and don't bother to cast an affidavit ballot. It won't count. Well, it has to be examined, uh, so it may very well count. And even if it doesn't count, it's a re-registration form that should get you back on the rolls if there was a problem.
2: I want to come back to control of the New York State Senate. We're going to be talking a lot about that uh, this in the coming weeks as we do our fall election season coverage, our 30 issues in 30 days series, some of which are going to focus on New York State Senate elections because that's where... Um, if the Democrats take a few more seats, a lot of these policy priorities for them that have been stuck, like the Women's Reproductive Health Act, like voting and ethics reform that Susan's been talking about, like Medicare for All at the state level in New York State, like the Child Victims Act, which would lift the old statute of limitations on priests and others who uh, committed child sexual abuse years ago, bail reform and other criminal justice reform. So many things that Democrats want have been stuck in the Senate for years because Republicans control the Senate. So there's a lot at stake uh, regarding which party comes out of November controlling the Senate. And according to Ballotpedia, Gloria, there are 12 Mm -hmm. Senate races statewide that are listed as competitive battleground districts. 10 of those 12 are currently held by Republicans, so they have a lot to lose and not much to gain. Several are in uh, on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in Senate District 5 on Long Island, currently held by Republican Carl Massolino, Hillary Clinton won that district in the presidential, so that would theoretically a Republican at risk another one district 6 also on the island held by Kemp Hannon who won re-election in 2016 by only seven points so uh, give us more of the lay of the land
4: well so that as you said there's 12 seats that are considered battle- battleground uh, seats that could be flipped and I think that that uh, what you mentioned about Hillary will be key um... Th- for the party to focus on districts that went to to Hillary uh, in the 2016 presidential election. Uh, some of them are really close, others not so much, and that makes them easier to flip. There's a couple of districts. There's another one, I believe, upstate New York, I believe is District 40. It's held by uh, Terrence Murphy right now. I believe the governor has gotten involved in that race, uh, helping the challenger. So this is now where the party has to focus its energy. If it, the I would argue the party, and by extension the governor, if he's serious about this argument Well, you know what? This primary doesn't really mean anything. And all of you uh, lefties uh, in the echo chamber, sort of as how he described it the other day, um, need to sort of tamp down. I think if he really cares about having a Democratic majority, if he really cares about getting these things done, that some would argue only got done and talked about because of the so-called Cynthia effect that helped push him to the left in many of these issues, if he... Is, if he means it, he's going to get involved in these races. He's going to pour money into those districts that are going to be hard to flip in the way that may be, that he did in the primary. So I think that will be one of the key things we'll be watching for.
2: I saw a Daily News article which referred to that District 40. You just mentioned parts mm-hmm. of Westchester, Putnam, and Dutchess counties where it says Cuomo is getting involved to challenge Republican incumbent Terrence Murphy um, and uh, in support of the Democratic challenger Peter Harcum, who was a former Cuomo staff member. But do you think the test is whether he's just sort of feigning support for a Democratic majority by getting really involved in one race like that and staying out of a majority of races where he could be getting involved as opposed to him getting serious about really wanting a democratic majority
4: you know i think this is really an open question and i think the reason why cuomo helped enable the idc uh... in the past and why he Wanted to ensure that this uh, there was this imbalance of power in the le- legislature. There were political reasons behind that. There were he didn't want to sign things like the Child Victims Act, or he didn't want to have to deal with the legalization of marijuana. He didn't want to have to deal with some of these very lefty progressive. Uh, proposals, I think there's maybe a place now where Cuomo will see a bigger benefit. We also have to remember now that he has four years ahead of him, he's thinking, what am I going to do after this? And I know the presidential question is up, you know, it's up in the air, and we don't know what's going to happen. But I cannot imagine this isn't in the back of the governor's head.
2: And if he does want to run for president, presumably, it's in his interest to look like a progressive hero exactly. and helped flip the Senate.
4: Yeah, and to be clear, he already, as we saw on Friday during his press conference, he does consider himself a progressive. But remember, Cuomo believes that being a progressive is not just about wanting the very, very lefty things. It's about getting those things done. And that means being a pragmatic at certain uh, at certain mm-hmm. junctions, and, but it also means... Um, you know backing these proposals so i think that's a very open question still and we need to the next couple of months will will show us where the the governor really is on this
2: let me take one more quick report from somebody who was at the polls on thursday in a professional capacity marcia in dutchess county marcia you're on wnyc hi we've got about 30 seconds for you
3: hi i have worked in the polls for about thirty years and i have never in my life seen such a mess Mm on the books. So many people came in who said they had always voted Democrat, but they weren't listed, or they weren't listed as Democrats.
2: Why this year, Marsha? Do you have any theory what happened? I
3: have absolutely no idea. Mm.
2: Thank you for at least um, giving us, you know, and, and we're going to try and get, get to the
3: bottom of it at Common Cause. So, Marsha, if you uh, can email or anyone else who had a problem, nyoffice at commoncause.org. We are taking stories, and we're looking to hold people accountable.
2: And on the issues that you're concerned about, Susan, would you say if Democrats do take the Senate, that it's extremely likely that some of these voting reforms, like early voting, making it easier to register as well, things like that are going to be passed by the legislature?
3: Well, it's, you know, we don't predict a common cause. But we are heartened by the fact that the Democratic Assembly has passed these reforms in the past, and the Senate Democrats say that it is a priority for them. And we certainly will be working with whomever is in the majority in the Senate to be sure that the people's voice is heard, and we finally get some election reform and drag New York's elections into the 21st century.
2: Susan Lerner, executive director of Common Cause New York, and Gloria Pasmino, (laughs) political reporter for Politico New York, Thank you both so much for coming Thank in. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian.
1: Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to wnyc.org election.